Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, the one crazy weekend is over, and let me tell you what. Everybody that showed up had a fantastic time. We broke it down into two nights of doing stuff, two nights in a day, and uh, it's, it kicked off on Friday. We'll get some people coming to the podcast here soon that'll, that that got to experience that, and we'll talk about what what kind of fun they had, but... The gist of it was you come to town Friday night to Vegas. Who doesn't want to go to Vegas, right? Your boy Bill T hooked everybody up with a good deal on rooms at the Orleans using a special code. And then we had a section of the upper employee parking garage sectioned off for us and uh, definitely plenty of room to grow. And we all kind of hung out there on Friday night and cars showed up. Our first strip cruise was 6 o'clock. And the 6 o'clock strip cruise was, was a good time. It's a little tough sometimes herding cats, but the, the, the route we had was a pretty great route. Um, it was more, more of a south end strip cruise, so we did that loop. There was probably 30 cars on that first strip cruise, but I, I can tell you if you can envision nothing cooler than 30 Volkswagens just mobbing down the Las Vegas Strip, you haven't lived till you've done it. But don't worry, you can do it next year because we're going to do it again, and it's going to be way bigger. But that was just the first kickoff. Then the second one was the 9 o'clock strip cruise that uh, some people had some grumblings about, didn't think it was going to be going anywhere. And the 9 o'clock strip cruise was where there was the big bus shootout on Vegas Boulevard. That's right. It was me, Scott Moses with a Type 4, and George T. in the panel bus. And it was uh, – we were all cruising low-key, right? And then Scott tries to jump in. You guys heard Scott 100 year episodes ago, and he's got his little trouble cab that's got that uh, – He's got the same Type Four Navy Seal motor that uh, that I've got in uh, in my split that used to be in the crew cab. But anyway, he tries to get a little frog in the throttle. I'm running 48s. He's running 48s. George is running. I think George is running 44s, and uh, George's got 23 uh, 2332 in his in his car, and we're kind of just flogging the throttle a little bit, a little goof around here and there, and uh, Scott and I really just started hammering it out down the strip. <laughs> And it was, I'll tell you right now, it was a good time had by all. Alex of Flatform Media came out. Uh, he took uh, Tony and a bunch of the DBK guys, rolled out to, they rolled over to uh, the South End Strip, Harley Davidson, did a little photo shoot in front of there. You'll see some cool pictures he's got online of it. But I'll tell you right now, that was a great time. And uh, somebody got it handed to him, and the carbon cab didn't lose. I'll just tell you that right now. So that was a great time. You guys will be able to relive that next year when we have it again. Uh, That's the strip cruise on Friday night. And then Saturday kicked off with a valley-wide cruise uh, up through the Red Rock uh, Conservation Area. And then looped back down to Charleston, straight to downtown, parked at downtown for a little bit. There's a bunch of little sightseeing to do over there. And a bunch of uh, graffiti murals to get your car shot in front of and whatnot. So uh, that was the day event. That wrapped up around 2, 3 o'clock. And then at 5 o'clock, as everybody got ready, the poker run got started. Not a lot of people were used to doing the poker run. Uh, poker run's the big thing in bike circles and in some of the hot rod circles. And so we had four stops in the poker run. And at every stop, you get a poker card. Uh, there's five decks of cards being used. And the fifth card you get at the last destination, which was back at the hotel. So it was a blast. I split up everybody into four different groups. So they all started at a different location so that my people at the locations giving out the cards weren't waiting for huge groups. 
And then what a lot of the groups had fun in was running back and forth across town, seeing the other groups, and then added a level of excitement to that, not to mention getting your cards and then trying to work a good hand up when you got there. And then when they got back to me at the Orleans, I dealt their last card, myself and my beautiful wife, Megan. She dealt their last card, and we stapled their stuff together, and I gave away $2,000 in cash. That's right, your boy Bill, no sponsors, all on his own, gives away 2000 bucks cash, and it's actually podcast. It's, it's entry fee money and podcast uh, money that we had, but... I wanted to do something that would make people remember this event. And I and I think it would be well worth it for me to pay fifty bucks to be part of a poker run with the possibility of winning, you know, fifteen hundred for first place, three hundred for second, and two hundred for third. And it was just everybody that did the did the poker run had a blast. Um I definitely, uh, we're doing it next year and we're gonna do it big time. We may stretch a weekend out to start a little bit on Thursday. There's be some more details worked out, but it was a great time and a lot of excitement. So uh, you guys will look forward to it. I'm sure you guys saw plenty of pictures on Instagram and Facebook, but the Vegas one crazy weekend was exactly that. It was one crazy weekend, and then everybody had Sunday to do whatever they wanted to do. There was no events on Sunday, and it was like chill, go home, do whatever you wanted to do, and people really appreciated that. So a little bit of free time with you and the fam and all that kind of stuff. So next year, we'll be doing it again. Bill and George's one crazy weekend in Vegas. So um, other than that, on today's show, it's been a long time coming to get this podcast. And some of you may know who this is and some of you might not. Uh, Steve Strope. You may know the name. You may not. If you watch a show called Hand Built Hot Rods, he is the host of that show. And it is a show that specifically uh, pertains to him building hot rods and the reality of what it truly costs to build those cars. Now, Steve Strope has built through pure vision has built numerous amounts of SEMA builds. He's one of the high level builders and he's got such a fantastic story. And you're like, what does that have to do with Volkswagens? Well, one of his first cars is a Volkswagen. So we get his VW story, but we get to hear how a guy with passion and determination, started a company from nothing and built it into an organization, a, a group of a select few guys that just turn out SEMA build after SEMA build. And these aren't SEMA fails. These are SEMA-like cars. They get in and you can drive the thing on the power tour. So it's a great conversation. You will for sure love his VW story. He's just a solid dude car guy from the word go check out his website at purevisiondesign.com to look at some of the builds that he's got and then also take a look at uh his instagram pure vision there's lots of lots of great stuff to look up on this guy and you can click the show notes and uh, see a bunch of pictures that we took when we're there but i was super honored to get to talk to him He's really creative when it comes to building these cars, and he really builds cars from the standpoint of like what-if scenarios. Um, if you haven't checked out his cars, for sure check him out. One of the top builders in the car scene completely. He's also close to our age, so he's in a lot of the same things. He's got an unbelievable BMX collection. Uh, we got to take a look at that. So uh, he's definitely uh, got a lot in common with a lot of us, and he's got a VW story. So. We kick it off with his VW story, and then we get into the story of Pure Vision 
and uh, it, you guys will definitely not be sorry. So without any further ado, guys, let's get into this week's podcast, Steve Strope with Pure Vision on Let's Talk Dubs. Hey everybody, so on today's show, I'm pretty excited. I'm kind of like a fanboy today because uh, I'm in front of a guy who's built some some cars that the only way that I can describe them are are, are breathtakingly detailed and put, constantly push the envelope of new builds. Um, he's one of the, the lead builders out there that's on par, if not better in my opinion, than some of the top names that you hear out there with you know, Foose and those guys out there. And uh, Ooh, careful. This is a... Uh, this is a, this is a <laughs> This is a, a I didn't say that a guy who look look I'm allowed to my opinion. He and, said that, you know. Um, but on today's show, I've got uh, Steve Strope with Pure Vision Design. Actually, Pure. the company's name is Pure Vision. Pure Vision. But when I eons ago, when I tried to get the website uh-huh. PureVision.com, right? Uh, Bausch and Lom, who has bigger lawyers, <laughs> said uh, we have PureVision.com. Right. So I had to choose purevisiondesign.com for the website. But on paper, my business Pure name Vision. is Pure Vision. Love it. And he and he's out of Simi Valley. Um, and you guys might be wondering, and, and he builds, and I'd like to label his cars, but you can't really label them because he switches up styles quite a bit. But it, it leans towards pro touring. They're without question full custom and highly detailed and, and bespoke by any means. So, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate the... The slathering the, of yeah, fanboy, Lord, <laughs> my God. Well, you know, listen. I mean, I have to, I have to set the ground rules and let you know, you know how how into it I am in regards to your vision. Like I told you earlier, um, and the reason why he's on Let's Talk Dubs today, guys, is because of all great people, there is a connection to Volkswagen. Oh, there's a heavy. I have a heavy, heavy. And uh, past with Volkswagens, yes, and, I do. And we start <laughs> off every podcast with, "What's your VW story?" Well, if you're ready for that, um, my VW story is the second car I owned was a uh, little 72 Carmen Ghia. And um, I was already into all things motorsports. In fact, before I could even drive, I was already helping my neighbors around me tinker on their dirt track stock cars i'd already been riding and uh going crazy with uh, dirt bikes and bmx too and um and i had already you know been getting my subscriptions to hot rod magazine and car craft popular hot rodding and all that stuff and i was obviously very um into the muscle car thing the street machine thing the street rod, hot rod thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's cool, it's cool with me. I don't care whose brand is on the hood. I love all things. I speak very fluent supercar, sports car, um, and uh, uh, also Volkswagen. <laughs> and so my second car was this Carmen Ghia that had already been started to be modified for 
hmm, let's see, SCCA, you know, uh, handling right. track. Autocross. Uh, autocrossing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So had the big inch motor from, uh, well, I wound up putting in the big inch motor from a bus. Right. Dual port heads, Theoloto carbs, a uh, quick uh, quick shift kit from first to second. Um, you know, shaved uh, Yokohama race tires on, of course, the MV race rims. Um, and now you're from what part of New York? I'm from a very, very <laughs> small farm town called Appalachian. And there's a short film and a paperback about it on a big mafia bus that happened way back in the day. And uh, you can learn more online. But my dad was in my grandmother's backyard when the mobsters came out of the woods looking for hitchhiking out of Appalachian. You guys can go find out more on that. But (laughs) that's where I'm from. Uh, Basically, one red light where the main road goes through the town and ends up at the highway. Uh, You have to go out to the highway and go find a gas station. Wow. Or a grocery store. Still to this day. Still. Mind you. So this is upstate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am at the borderline. My parents' house, if you go south on Pennsylvania Avenue, down another, I don't know, four or five miles. I don't remember exactly, but that's the Pennsylvania border. And you guys can hate me now, but we back home called, we referred to that as Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, but we were just as hick farm as they were. It didn't matter. We we're the same damn thing. So I grew up, you know, throwing hay bales and working on and farms. Having, and, and having a Volkswagen there is not a common thing. Not super common, but I'm not your super common normal guy, am I? <laughs> right. So uh, the car was uh, wound up being school bus yellow, a brown interior, four-point roll cage slammed on the ground, and but set up for active running. It really? was not a, it was not a um, poser. Right. I, I went and did a CCA, rolled around, and I would practice down in those Pennsylvania back roads. I'd be, <laughs> long before Tokyo Drift, I'd be drifting that son bitch around really? little two-lane roads. Oh, hell yeah. And I, I ran that thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would I would go, uh, my, my dad, even though I was already traveling and playing in the band at the time, made me want to or forced me to go to college. And, uh, of course, I didn't know what to take, so I took business management. Ha! Who knew? <laughs> you reminds me often. So, how's that business management doing for you, you that you'd never use? Right. So, anyway, I used to roll up to college in the winter on the freaking iced roads with my shaved race tires, sliding all over the place. Wow. I had this plastic little home heater <laughs> screwed up under the dash because it had no heat you know those heaters yeah, come yeah. on guys the heaters suck we all know right. they suck <laughs> he's the factory ones he just sucked so i just had this thing to try and the, the key word here is try to defrost the windshield right so there's no heater in the car i mean I, I i can tell you guys right now i was and still am in my heart hardcore Volkswagen. Because I drove mine on shaved race tires in the winter with no fucking heater. So, I mean, I lived and breathed my Kia. And so, here's the best part. Yeah. So, up near me, the town uh, a little bit away is the big town that everybody would know the name is Binghamton. Okay. And next to Binghamton is a place called Johnson City where our big mall was, right? Yeah. Now, the mall. It's a lot of asphalt. (sighs) Not only that, it's got elevation changes. Oh, yeah. Uphills, downhills, SEs. So I, I would be out there at two in the morning with my helmet, my helmet on. Practicing? Full bore. Really? Oh, full throttle. Full throttle fun. 
Nice. Um, and usually they, they didn't, you know, they didn't bother with me till you know, after at least five or six good hot laps. Yeah. <laughs> and even then they're chasing my ass. Only once did they figure out, like, go the other way. Right. To stop you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just say, hey, man, sorry, and leave. You know what I mean? Because it was mall cops. Sure. They, they rarely ever called in the cop cops. Yeah. And then I would, you know, leave quietly and nicely. Uh-huh. And you, had, you probably had a stinger on the back of this thing. No, I had the the Monza style four oh, tip. Did you? Okay, back. there you yeah. go. Still, you still had a European flair back then. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> oh heck yeah, man! Need those Ferrari tips. What's wrong with you? Right, class it up a little bit. Yeah. So it was it was it wasn't the fastest, but it was very quick. So yeah. vets would lose me on the straight. Yeah, and that's the only place they'd lose. And you catch them in the corners. Oh yeah, baby. So, but a lot of, a lot of urban running, a lot of backwoods. So if you can imagine a yellow Carmen Ghia slammed on the <laughs> ground with a mild cage in it and it just exchanging it in the role for the General Lee and the Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> right. that's kind of what I was doing with that thing. <laughs> Literally. No, that's maybe, awesome. Maybe not jumping bridges. Right. Man. But everything else, I was, I was wringing that little thing's neck. All the time. I I love that thing. So, uh, news bomb, I am actually, you randomly got a hold of me. You heard me talking about <laughs> the, the Gia I on, did. on the podcast. <laughs> but I have actually started looking for purchasing another one and oh. building one. So, I can I can assure you. If I, I might know a guy. <laughs> if, I, if I build one, it's not going to be like anybody else's, folks. Well, and, and, and that's kind of the thing Which that is part of the fun is coming in and playing with the establishment. And and that's what I've always, I told you, so backstory. I know it's not going to have a Subaru motor. <laughs> right. I've had people telling me that. I'm like, what is wrong with you? They make some good air-cooled they stuff They make there. a yeah. fantastic <laughs> engine. I'm not putting that in. If I do right. anything, I'll get a, an air-cooled 911 motor. There you go. If I, at least it's kind of it's German. Well, at least it's still within the family tree. Right. You well, know? and, and since you've been gone for a little bit, like what I do, I do type fours of mine, which is the big block VW late model bus motor. So the big block and yeah, you can get, you can get some, some 1800, right? Some good low torque. Yeah. Those are the stock ones. I've got yeah. a 2600 oh, in my bus. Yeah. 18, 18 is what I had in the gear. Yeah. So you had a type four in there. So you yeah. put a type. Yeah. So you're a big block guy from way back. Oh yeah. I told you guys the big blocks where it's at, man. These cow look guys don't know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't get me in trouble with yeah, a group I haven't there, even got back with. There's yet. no replacement for displacement, right, guys. No matter that, what yeah, you do, there's a lot of truth to that. And whatever it is you're driving, <laughs> guy, get a big inch. So, <laughs> and, and touching on that, you know, one of the things that that I really love about your style is one of the first cars that I saw was the red car, uh, the red GTX, GTXR, GTXR, world's first paddle shifted muscle car, and it's it's really it's not the most attractive Mopar. That no, one. it wasn't. That was the point. <laughs> the, right, that's what I'm saying. And you're the guy and then like, putting white wheels on it, and everybody losing their shit over that. It's yeah, so like, awesome. and then on top of that, you you push everybody over the edge because, like, why would you build that car? And then you put Euro style flavor wheels on there, huge, make yeah. everybody insane. But that's what I love about your like your outlaw kind of style. Like, you don't care no. if you see it and you and you have an idea. You're like, screw it, let's yep. go with it. Oh yeah. And so one of the things I want to touch base is with you because now you're you're known as obviously you're the guy that uh, there's a guy who's got a little podcast, Joe Rogan, some little podcast guy <laughs> out there, and, and he's got Mr. you're building. Yeah, we're building a very beautiful, you're fantastic building, Nova for him. That just went off the paint, by the way. Yeah, unbelievable uh, Nova, but but 
with with what you're building and the things that you're doing. You know, he's got. Uh, also, you guys know he's got a, a show on uh, Motor Trend TV called Handbuilt Hot Rods. It's probably. No, not probably. It's the most authentic car building show out there. And I thank you for that compliment because I had to fight tooth and nail yeah, to keep it legit and no fake drama and no nonsense because I would not allow it. And I was that, was that was focused on from day one that I would not allow scripting and goofiness. And, Goatees, beards. <laughs> yeah, just none of, there's just none of that horse shit because it has nothing to do with building cars, as we all know. Right. So I pushed very heavy. And when yourself and other people give that compliment, that is the best and biggest compliment you can give the show because that means you notice, oh, these guys aren't, this isn't a bunch of fake nonsense. Right. It's like, well, no doubt. And you know, so that, that that's huge, and I appreciate you you noticing. That. Well, and and the and the reality is, I remember there's one time you you were working on the uh, Ford wagon that you made a two door slant the post forward. Yeah, Bob's wagon. It was already two door, but we lengthened the door and angled angled the post and tried to make everything look better. Yeah. And on that car, you're talking about the chrome trim going on the side door, and you're talking. You, I think you said there's probably 20 hours in that piece of trim. Oh, yeah, and. What a lot, you know, my brother builds cars and, and a lot of wrestling he does with the customers is explaining to them that, oh, yeah. it, that it took, you know, it's 25 hours to assemble your windows in your car on, oh, a, on yeah. a Volkswagen convertible and stuff like that. Oh, sure. And it's like, and people don't get that. And that's what I appreciate about your show is like your show, it's realistic. But the thing about, you know, you building cars for people like Joe Rogan or Bob and you get a dream clientele once you've established your name. It always wasn't that way. And, and, and a big misnomer in the car scene is that, oh, it's just because he's got money. It's just because he's got a rich dad. It's well, just because he's me, got Let this. me make this really clear for me and my existence <laughs> with, with this new community I'm talking to. My first car that was publicized right. was a 67 El Camino. I built that in a combination of my driveway, my dad's barn, and my aunt's garage. In Appalachian, New York. Yeah. I built it with a three-drawer little craftsman toolbox that my parents had given me for my birthday. Okay? Christmas. Take it back. Flash forward, built that car throughout the uh, early 90s. I decided to move to California. On the way, I time it. So <laughs> moving out here, I stop at the Hot Rod Magazine, Super Nationals in Canfield, Ohio. Now, that's a car guy power move right there. Sure. I like that. So I stop and I get honored. Jeff Smith, one of my favorite editors of all time, asks to feature the car in Hot Rod Magazine. After that, I moved to California and then the car gets featured in Custom Classic Truck and Custom Rodder. I don't own a shop. I built that car with parts from the junkyard restored and it's all elbow grease and exchanging favors with friends and, you know, earning money at a normal job. Then I sold that car and I built a... Uh, a Dodge Charger, a fastback charger mm -hmm. called Scully. Nobody's builds those 66 and 67 chargers. Yeah, 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 Nobody yeah. cares. I built that. I was working at um, for the Chrysler Corporation at the time. I built that in my shared underground parking garage at my apartment. I lugged that same three little drawer toolbox up and down the stairs. I found a two-bulb lamp in the trash that I rewired. That was my work light. I literally bought three extension cords because there was one outside uh, power source outside of the building around the other side of the apartment building to a slab in the back where I had a electric hand drill 
with a wire wheel on it. And that is how I cleaned all the parts for the suspension and conversion over to factory disc brakes that I got at a junkyard. And then I covered every one of my neighbor's cars with those $1.50 big plastic covers, like 10 foot by 10 foot that you uh, put on the floor when you repaint a room in your apartment. Yeah. I covered everybody's cars because I'm polite. And then hung all the suspensions on the water pipes and epoxy spray painted my parts. And that car went on to be unveiled on the 98 Power Tour. Um, it was featured in Hot Rod, then top 10 car of the year. It was cover of Mopar Puzzle. It was featured in Daytona Magazine in Japan. And that was total favors and elbow grease. There's no money. And I repeat, in a parking garage, underground, shared tandem parking garage at an apartment. I don't even have a proper driveway at my house, y'all. It was a <laughs> parking garage. So there's two cars that are now in six or six magazines, both of them built with no budget and elbow grease. And if I sound like a pompous dick, uh, I'm just proud of the fact that I earned it. Nobody yeah. paid for it. I had no buku money, nobody kissing my ass. All right. Then on that power tour, I met Martin Weinred, had a really cool black Challenger. And I'm like, I got a cool idea for that Challenger. We're going to call it Challenger X. We built that in his driveway at his house. And that car became Hot Rod Feature, Mopar Muscle, top 10 car of the year. I still don't have a, quote, yeah. shop at yet. This, at this time, you're not I have vision. no shop. I you're have nothing. No, no, I have no, I, I have used the word pure vision. Oh, yeah. I have used it, but I'm... There is no shop. It's, not a, it's no, not a dollar business yeah, it's, card. It's just cute. Now, there is no business card. <laughs> Your number's in red crayon yeah, in the back. Just, my first designs were, on, were in crayon. I have the drawings. Yeah. I, I, I want to get photographs I of have. A, I have all that shit. So, anyway, um, and then Hot Rod Magazine called me and asked to build uh, a giveaway El Camino for them for gum out, Pennzoil. Now, you, and still, I go, you still I, don't have a shop. Yeah, I go, I, I, I don't have a shop. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a shop. You got a driveway. Where, where'd you build all that? My parking garage? My apartment? What? I, I, sorry. So they said, well, we have a, obviously Hot Rod Magazine had their shop. So we, so I built the car there. And um, finally, you know, enough people convinced me that I should uh, um, open up a shop. And I'm like, nobody wants to pay me to work in the car. Are you kidding me? Because you're why people building want your ideas and just for me, and it's kind of hot I and cold. And then I helped the a lot of hot, yeah, oh, a lot of hot, yeah, a, oh but I mean, a lot of hot by recognition because you're you're breaking the mold. Oh yeah, yeah, it's impossible. It, impossible. The odds are most people are never getting in a magazine. So mm -hmm. for two cars to get in six magazines and both be top ten cars of the years and doing pretty good. Well, and one thing I touch on our, on my podcast is because a lot again, of again, I'm not an egomaniac. I'm <laughs> stating the facts. God damn it! I'm hey, sorry if I he, did good coming out of the gate. Shoot me, sue he's, me. He's not because I called him up and said, "Hey man, can I come do a podcast?" He's like, "Yeah, sure, come on down." So I'm like, "All right, he's not no, a jerk." I, I, you know, I, I just you have stuff come out of your mouth like, "Hey, I won this and I won that." And people are like, "I oh, he's an egomaniac." I'm like, "Why are the facts?" Right. Egomaniac. Nor did I go, hey, dig me. I'm clearly better than everybody. I'm just stating what happened. The reason I'm pushing that those amazing achievements were made isn't that I achieved them. It's look what I did with no money. Right. And with no. So it all it is what I why I'm saying that people incorrectly hear brag, brag, brag. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand what I'm saying is debunk, debunk, debunk. You need 
want to do it bad enough. You need elbow grease bad enough. All right. the rest, you can find a way around if you want it bad enough. I don't want right. to hear, I don't have a shop. I don't get the big connections. I didn't have dick. Right. You didn't have sponsors. And you didn't I have did it. And I'm a stuff. dumb farm kid from Appalachia. <laughs> so, I mean, if I could do it, please have at it. And that doesn't mean it has yeah. nothing to do with muscle car or Porsche no, absolutely. or Volkswagens or Lamborghinis. It don't matter if you want it bad enough. Please enter into I want too bad enough, so I'll just go do it. Well, and that, and that's one of the reasons I, I bring it up because a lot of people get into Volkswagens because of lack of resources, right? It's it's the cheapest car they can afford at the time. They can buy it running, driving for a couple hundred bucks. It doesn't kill them. They can build it and fix it at the same time. Sure. But we, now that Volkswagens have been pushed to a, a really higher level, like a lot of stuff you're seeing in the magazines is, I mean, these are... On the cheap end, 50, 60 to 100 plus thousand dollar cars, some of these cars. And yeah, parts and material are parts and material. Yeah, parts and material. And labor. And that's, and that's the thing. The parts and materials are within reason and within skill set. And, and you're proof to my point that it doesn't take money if you're persistent. It doesn't take money yeah. if you're willing to do it. You can find it. a way. You know? You can find a way. And so that, that was one of the reasons why I, I really wanted to to talk to you and get your story because, you know, your story is a unique story to where now you've received, you've received all kinds of acclaim from all kinds of people, the who's who, but in the same respect, you're just one of us. You're just one of the guys I that you, you pushed hard and yeah. you made it. That's it. And, and so talk to me about the feeling you get when your car's in the magazine for the first time. <laughs> Do I have a big old smile? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I'll, I'll actually tell you something is equally important. I still am just as excited when we get a magazine feature now and what's, what are we going on 25 years later? Yeah. Right. Is it 25? Yeah, 95 a, to 2005 is 10. Yeah. You're going. 2005. To, yeah. Yeah. You're 25, 25 years, years in, in the magazines. And I have been very, again, I say this humbly. I've been very fortunate that the press in my end of the motorsports world is enthusiastic to what I design and what we build because most of our stuff gets in two to three magazines at a time. We have a good following here, uh, France, Australia, Japan. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, But I can tell you every time we do a photo shoot with whoever it is, I'm just as excited and uh, honored and thankful that um, that the uh, the powers that be in the media still think we have something that their uh, readership or viewership would enjoy to see. I don't get special favors. Right. We show up with a piece that's bitching, and it's that simple. Or well, they wouldn't bother. Now, now, but there's also another level of pressure, right? It's it's like a band that has a rocket first hit. Their first album's fantastic. That second album better be good, yeah, or your, your, your sophomore gig <laughs> is, is important. You know what I'm saying? Like your your yeah. next time, and, L and for luckily, you it doesn't stop. Luckily, luckily for me, we passed junior, sophomore, and senior, and kept blowing it out of the park. And I've got, I've got just the most amazing people around me, from my guys here to my painter and my interior guys. I am so fortunate that I have such, I have such an A team that as long as my designs still stay engaging, mm -hmm. the quality and the deliverable is going to be top shelf just because of the talent that's around me. 
So, uh, but and, yeah, there's, there's pressure on me, but the thing is, is I constantly, my God, I wake up at two, three in the morning and scribble down ideas. I've got designs. I've got so many, so much in a back backlog right now. That, you don't have enough time to build the things in your yeah, head. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, it, it, it doesn't feel like pressure. The only time there's any pressure is if, uh, the owner, you know, is really hoping that once we put it you know, if you take it to SEMA, the owner really wants to go for one of the big design awards. Yeah, that's... And, you know, you're, you're, you're stepping into the deep end of the pool with some very, very talented sharks. You know, anytime I'm going up, uh, and, and, well, not only the established guys I know, there's young guys coming up now with so much talent yeah. and so much ingenuity, you know, that uh, I see and respect. But then you've got the old guard, you know, anytime. Ring brothers. And- oh, ring is Jesse Greening, <laughs> of course. Either Troy, Troy Ladder, Troy Trepanier. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Andy Leach. Uh, I, I can go on and on. Oh, my God. Scott Bernowski at Hot Rods and Hobbies. Zane Collin at Katati Speed Shop. Any At any time, one of these guys can walk in a room with a car, drop the unveil cover, and it's like game over. You know, somebody just brought something that's just spellbinding and, you know, just still amazing. And the cool thing is, is I I'm, I love the uh, the group of people that are around me. And again, the Volksy guys may or may not know these names, but... There's, there's so much talent, but everybody's their own thing. Yeah. So I, I have a great time, you know, getting nerdy with my, with, with the competition because I don't look at them as competition. They're my friends. And we, we all build such different kind of cars that, you know, I never worry about somebody quote, stealing a customer. If somebody wants my style, they come to me. If they want, you know, rad rod style, they go to Troy. If they right. want. Troy Ladd style, they go to that. I mean, it makes sense. There, there would be no competition. Somebody wants sure. that really amazing traditional hot rod stuff. You go to Troy Ladd. He's the freaking god. Right. Know? He's they, the he's the hot he, rod. He's guy. one of the dudes. You know, I can I build that stuff? Sure, all day. Do I got taste? Of course I do. There's the ego. Right. But, but is it going to look like something he did? I won't look like him because I don't think like him. So right. if a guy wants to take a you know a, a, a ride in a hot rod by me, yeah, give me a chance. He wants that kind of look. He's going to go to Troy anyway. There's, there's, there's no competition. He, he's earned his spot. He's the dude with that thing. So, so I, I look forward to seeing anything he builds because I don't. My brain doesn't work the way his does. And so I'm fascinated to look at. <laughs> where did you come up with that? That's like the coolest idea, you know. So, and that's what I like about the groups that 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 I'm friends with is all of those are top shelf guys. But I can keep learning from them, and I'm excited to see what they bring. And unveil because they're so talented. Yeah. And for and for you, we talked a little bit about a rendering that you did um, for your first car, where you did a rendering. And with your team that you have, and I think if I'm not mistaken, are you use Problem Child for? Was he did he do some renderings for you? There's been a bunch of different guys, but mainly it's been Steve Stanford. Steve Stanford, um, and he's been in VW magazine a ton. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. Needs no introduction. Yeah. He is the man who has introduced styling trends all the way across the board. Volkswagen, pickup trucks, hot rod, street machine. Steve Stanford has, over the last, what, three decades minimum, has influenced and pushed and altered 
all of those different kinds of builds. He's such yeah. a talent. Oh my God, that man's a bottomless pit of talent. Oh, unbelievable. And so let me ask you this. When you're, when with you, if there's like, let's say three to five things that, the mo- that are the most important to you when you're visually looking at a car, what's your list of things? Stance, yes. motor, stance. Like, <laughs> the list got short quick because I. Stance, rim and tire, stance, color. And then everything else has to, the whole Easter basket has to work. I'm, I'm very big into what I, we nicknamed the Easter egg hunt. You have to look for our stuff. I want you to have to find it. I don't want stuff to just be glaring. Um, and there are, there are many cars. I mean, good grief, I can go down the list of them. Like the, one of my favorite, the Martini Mustang. Oh, there's, that's a, there's that's stuff a on that car, car that I know people love it and know all about it and don't know. I can tell them, hey, did you know we, no, I never saw that on that. Yeah, so, and, it's a, and it's a Euro flavor. It's a Porsche oh, yeah. flavor because Martini oh, was the Porsche, yeah. I, the whole the thing Porsche livery, yes. and it's like, but the but the the if Ford went road racing with Martini, right? And, and, and what most people don't know is the first races that Ford won with a Mustang in '64 and a half in October, like almost '65, was they took first and second place at a Tour de France road rally. They didn't want to race over here. They were European road racing. Mouth on the ground. <laughs> oh no. So for me to go, hey, what if Ford said, you know, this was a bad idea. Let's keep this rally thing going. This would be kind of cool. You know, we're kicking ass. So I just did. And Mustangs over there, they did not have the rights in Europe to use Mustang. So they oh, called really? Mustang T5Rs or T5s, T5s. Oh, wow. So that one I built, the Martini, is called the T5R. And I had a badge made like Ford would have made it, T5R. Yeah. And that's... so it was It was a Mustang that was that just liberally robbed the GT350R parts bin. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's got a Ford Lotus Indy motor, 4KM Indy motor. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's like even the motor in that thing <laughs> is like evil motor, mega rare motor. Super I mean, rare. And it's like, it's just crowning jewel on top of crowning oh, yeah. jewel. Yeah. And, but what I, but what I like about that, not to be super fanboy, but what I like is that you take a concept and you put it together and then you execute it all the way through from yeah that's the whole thing and that that's the whole thing that that it doesn't matter if it's a 32 ford or a 67 chevelle or a uh, a split window bug you know um if you have a design and a theme it's got to follow through all the way all the parts all the styling cues all the colors textures parts from certain era or not Mm -hmm. new modern older style parts even if you're machining brand new parts do they do you want to machine them so they look like an older cast piece Uh, i've gone through great lengths having parts weathered or having parts uh, tumbled to look like older cast piece and then restored um so yeah theme and follow through the theme and understanding that um there's a, a line of diminishing returns with going too heavy on a theme like the one guy who will put the Chevy bow tie all over his Chevelle everywhere on the headrest, okay. on the floor mats. Like, what kind of car is that? Radio cover <laughs> on the freaking, oh my God. Like, we know it's a Chevy. We got it. <laughs> got it the first so time. So puke inducing. So, so with, that, with that being said, when you built your first cars that you were building, shoestring budget, all that stuff, yeah. and now clearly... Um, you have access to so many different resources now. What is what's the biggest difference in building a car today with the resources you have versus back then as far as 
um, you being able to push your style? Nothing. The same? I, did, I expect the same out of my creativity level. Well, but okay. Everything else is just the allowance to get it easier and faster. But, but you, well, what I'm saying is like you today you have the clout where you can call Bear Brakes and say, hey, do you make a AMC Rambler brake kit? Okay, I'd like one. You know what I mean? Like that, that allows me some lateral flexibility, but, but my designs have still got to be on. Well, I'm not talking about your designs, but what I'm saying is limitations in regards to what how you've been able to push the envelope so far. It, it will allow me to... to uh, it allows me more flexibility in the design layout because right. I can get my hands on this or so-and-so could probably make me one of those. Uh, example, uh, on that martini or on the Fairlane, those mm-hmm. are both one-off wheels. Uh, the four-spoke look like the old Indy Lola wheel on that car. And they're true and, knockoffs. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> Six-pin true knockoff. Same with on the Fairlane. I had those wheels made to copy the Lamborghini Mira wheel, and that cost me, you know, sit down, kids, because this is what it costs. My cost, and I get the good guy cost because I'm a re- repeat buyer. Right. And my cost on those rims average between, you know, fifteen and $18,000 for a set of four. And I'm sure there's people falling over in their seat going, that's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you go to a rim company, tell them they're stopping their production run or their custom rim company. They've got to design it from scratch. And that's what you're paying for. Yeah. And you're paying for a big chunk of aluminum too. Four big chunks of aluminum that, because by the way, the, those weren't a center machined out and then pressed in a rim hoop. They're one solid wheel. Yeah. Because you want it to look like a cast wheel, you have to make it all one piece. <laughs> to make it look cheap, we have to make it. <laughs> yes. Well, but that's part of the retro style. The F1 wheels back then were, you know. But they, that's they were, part of the retro style. Yes, it is. So to get what you want uh, at that level, yes, the finances allowed to me by the customers allow me more flexibility in my designs. Well, and I'm not even talking about finance. I'm just talking about with, especially with technology. Because Oh, from, yeah. From being the, hooked up with those guys also allow me the opportunity to design these wheels yeah. and have them make them. Sure. But, well, there's, yeah, there's definite benefits um, without without question. And they, we, we've seen the game change completely. Like, bat, like, how would you rate your your GT your, that was GTXR? That's what it was called the GTXR. Mm-hmm. How would you GTXR. rank that up into today's standards? It's like it's a big difference because the level of quality of finish has just continued to keep yeah. by leaps and bounds. Yeah. yeah, even though that car was really nicely put together. Right, frame my frames all smooth and powder coated oh, yeah, and all, all that kind of stuff. Time. Well, it's a subframe car, but yeah. Oh, yeah, because you spent every night with a wire wheel. Yeah, Their neighbors thought you were on meth. Yeah, and there's, lots of, there's lots of <laughs> So, but but with the level constantly changing, what do you think the biggest the biggest difference has been in the industry as a whole to be able to help cars like yours, Ring Brothers, all those cars come out? Like, what's been the, the biggest contributing factor Probably the um, ability with the um, the computer, three axis, five axis mills, and now rapid prototyping. I haven't really utilized the rapid prototyping yet. Like no, you guys talking- like Roadster Shop live and breathe with this like three D printing type stuff. Yeah, I I I am going to incorporate it on some things, but I kind of 
stay away from a lot of it because I am concerned that it may remove the organic feel of our builds. It is harder to build the piece from scratch, much harder. And it's not very cost effective either. Really? When you can have somebody oh, design yeah, yeah. it yeah, yeah. in CAD and then it prints and it spit, out. Spit it out. You know, and it's perfect as long as you you engineered it perfectly. Right, as long as you drawed it perfect, yeah. You know? um, but there's something to be said. Our, our cars are very organic, I think. They and, are. And it comes from how much I've limited the amount of technology to come into play on them. And this has been a conscious decision of mine. Well, yeah. How easy would it have been to slap a coyote in the Mustang? <laughs> but you understand what my yes, point. Yes, I know. That's why I, I get <laughs> But that's like the – you see a lot of that in the industry where it's like, oh, we're just but taking – nobody can designed us those motor mounts. We made those motor but, mounts. But, you know, they'll go, oh, well, you know, we'll just wh- – why why use a fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 engine that's like a uh, – well, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> But, but I'm, I'm talking about the core, right, the core but the, price. But the, but the thing is that's interesting, though, is that I mix and match that the suspension on that car was serial number one from Detroit Speed of their brand new super double throwdown Uber Trick well, suspension but, for Mustangs. And, and so maybe, I brought in the newest thing available and you would never know it. And, but maybe that's the blend of technology. It is, because it's knowing where, just like I was talking, joking about the Chevy bow ties, is know <laughs> where, when to say when, when to say and when, when. when to bring it in. Yeah, because suspension parts back then were stamped. Even the performance stuff was like gusseted, stamped crap. And now when you get tubular stuff from Detroit Speed, things like that. Right. I mean, we choose different ways to put it across. But um, yeah, there's there's. So would you? So you're telling me you would buy that Detroit Speed stuff and then you'd refinish it so it looked old. Or 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 it just or blended different. You know, we just we that one blended perfectly. Could, we, we kept the parts how they were. We just changed colors and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because, it because just worked out perfectly. The worst part is like is if you got a hundred grand, two hundred grand, three hundred grand in a car and you don't drive it, what's the point of having that car? Yeah, and I, I push for our guys to drive the cars. You know, we build them to drive. Right, and so so none of your cars. You're saying no one's going to pick up a car and lock to lock its its burning tire on it. Yeah. I, I can assure you, when Rogan picks up that Nova, he'll be beaten on it. Yeah, because he he's not scared. He's gonna get he's in. He's not it. scared. And that car, he's painting it silver, right? Everything, Joe Rogan, silver. <laughs> and that car, like that, and that's what I like. Like that was the that was the Nova that was like, eh, that's the worst SS you could get. Like as far as generational cars mm. to the masses. But what's so cool about it? Is to the average person because you had the Apollo, the Omega, you had many versions yeah. of that body style. Yeah. But to actually have that car and make it look like it's contemporary, it's it's high performance. Like, and to make the car look high performance without molding in ground effects or doing. No, no, we didn't want that at all. But you understand what I'm saying? I mean, we wanted to do an as if General Motors stamped the panels with the '69 Camaro stampings and yeah fender in the door in the quarter and that was um, an absolute bottomless mountain work because the the side of a 69 nova has absolutely nothing to do with the side of a camaro the overhangs are completely different the front fenders on the camaro are four four inches longer and the quarter panel the camaro quarters are like three inches shorter and so you had to find blend points, and we got rid of the body line down the side of the 
know the and now the lines of those two streets that to come off yeah. the top of the 69 Camaro yeah. wheel well openings and unbelievable it also did some really cool stuff because if you took a photo from the air looking straight down at 69 Camaro they are hourglass mm-hmm. so by putting those quarter panels and fender sides on it it actually widened the Nova three inches in total an inch and a half per side and now the aerial view, instead of the slab-sided Nova, it's got the Coke bottle of the 69 Camaro. But oh, really? There's no, we didn't, we didn't. It wasn't planned. We didn't put round effects. Right, right. Wings and spoilers. We did it. So you, of, gra- those, you actually grafted in those quarter panels. Oh, it's un- a, a really great friend of ours, uh, uh, Nick at uh, Mix Paint, and uh, a gentleman there named Joey that did. I mean, I, I would go up there once or twice a week, and we would oversee where the metal's moving and how this is going to look, because... Finding the comfortable comfortable place where the wheel well openings would be re- compared to the rocker, the floor, the ribbon tire. There were so many decisions that had to go into this because, again, those quarters and fenders had nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely nothing except they were both made by General Motors. So um, there was a lot of sweating the details on it. And, of course, Hot Rod graced us with the cover and bare metal and they're waiting for the completed car. But um, it is definitely an exercise in restraint and an exercise in, in creating bitching that the general person that does not know 69 Novas would have no idea that there is a amazing amount of yeah. money and time in those alterations. And, um, and that's time. I mean, is, is that part of the benefit of, of getting name recognition, things to that extent, where you can actually get someone, because you can't afford to build these cars for you. No, no, no. You know what I mean? That's kind of like it's, it's kind of like the shoemaker who has yeah. no shoes. And I am. That's funny you should say that, because up until recently, I haven't had a car in days, I, 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 or in years. I just finished a really nice little 64 Oldsmobile for myself. That I've had for like seven, eight years. And nice. Finally got it done. I, I saw it on the show. The, the blue the, one. Yeah. yeah. I have. So yeah. it's finished. Oh yeah, I'm driving that around. I love that thing. I'm gonna take a look at it because you did. You did some. Su- you did some did subtle a lot mods. Of things to that thing too. Those yeah. Seats. Those Porsche Panamera seats are freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, but it's 31 pages of wiring diagram for that god dang Porsche seat. Oh for, my god. For one seat. Yeah. For the driver's seat to eliminate all the wiring that feed back to the on the flat screen right and just to find the wires that provided power to the switches back left and right no no, all that stuff it's got lumbar it's got everything works in it and to sidestep the computer which would set it for you and have we put in our own on off switches for the seat heater and the two-speed seat cooler all of it works in my car get out of here because my guy pete is a is a tenacious electrical genius but um any, anyway, yeah, I, I'm very fortunate that I've got people like like Joe that want something special. I he came to me wanting a variety. He gave me a list. He's like another another Cuda '69 Mustang, or, you know '68 '69 Chevelle '69 Nova, and I'm like '69 Nova. And I go, you're I like go, that's different. Well, I already did one. We did one called the Z28 mm-hmm. Nova. Yeah, that was gangster. We did that one as if. The Nova Nova just came with Z28, Z28 package with a, yeah. with a cross ram DZ302. And we put the 69 Camaro dash in the car and made it look like it was sold that way. And uh, Joe loved that car. And I said, well, it's local if you want to see it in person. So we 
you know, called up the owner. Of course, he brought it out for us and backed it out. And Joe walked around it for about one minute and goes, we got to build the baddest snowman in the world. And I go, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, yeah. so and and now you have what we're doing right now for him. And it, it is going to be a very special car. And I try very, very hard for my stuff to look great 50 years from now. There's no there's no trendy anything you can look at one of my cars and go, oh, that was built. In. No, you, no, you can't. You can look at that Martini Mustang and that could be 40 years from now. And you cannot tell me when we built that car. It's not teal. You can't. You can't. Yeah, good point. You, you can't. And I push very hard for that. Yeah. That that they'll constantly look like great. a timeless look. Yeah. You know, there's sometimes that some customers have made a couple of decisions on stuff that, you know, like rim may date it, but you can change a rim. Yeah. But um, you know, same with Joe's car. There's there's nothing it's a sixty nine Nova with all the sixty nine Camaro side sheet metal on it, and it's gonna be in silver. So you tell me when that was done. And what's power plant in that? Uh, General Motors was kind enough to donate a supercharged LT4 and a six-speed. So it should, it's about 650 horse, so more than enough. And those and those motors nowadays are so, are so bulletproof. And, and, oh, and yeah. The- yeah, and, and this, this car was so much about the external that I wasn't doing a, oh, man, no, we've got to have an original 327 right, to hide right. the fuel injection. I didn't worry about this for him because Joe gets in and turns the key and uses the cars. So a brand new LT4. He'll daily that, you're oh, thinking. Yeah, he, from what I know of him, the vet we did with him with a supercharged LS2 in it and all that, he rings that little thing's neck all, all the time. Wow. So, um, yeah, being knowing that the customer can get in, turn the key and drive it. And it's, you know, one belt serpentine. It's a, you know. Go to, go to AutoZone can, on the side of the road to get yeah, a belt. Yeah, you can. You can maintenance is not going to be a big deal um now when you build a car for somebody like that do you give them a list of things like in other words maintenance things if they're taking the car someplace else these are the brake pads these are yeah yeah there'll be a gm part number for all that stuff and i've got it on file here and it'll be easy you can if you just need a oil you know because he he now moved to austin yeah so whoever down there he's going to trust um yeah i need an oil change on an lt4 yeah whatever whatever Pretty the factory the uh, corvette uh needed for an oil filter and oil that's exactly what you're going to use and, so, then when, and when you're building the cars you take into consideration some of the function aspect of it too so you, you didn't put a cross member across the oil filter and figure out like oh, that's the that's the next guy's problem i can't tell you how many of those cars we unfuck did i say that <laughs> i did say that about 30 percent of my business is unfucking yeah fucking stupid work and i will say that with with prejudice stupid work people like this will be trick i'm like you're a moron that was a dumb idea yeah it looks cool but it doesn't work it barely even looks cool yeah (laughs) but on top of it functionality is just what yeah you know i i I gotta be careful with what i say i i a lot of people i got so many stories of stuff that i just flat blank showed you and told you You'd go, regardless of your technical ability sure. level, you'd go, well, why? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you thinking? And this was done by a car guy. Well, these are done, no, these are done by shops, like professional paid you, you paid them yeah. to do this work. That's crazy. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, I mean, daily, I have cars here from other places. People call up and, oh so, my God, can you, can you please fix the car? And I'm like, sure. And come down and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, Lord. 
So you do stuff like that. Your schedule, you, you've got some sort of flexibility where you you do some stuff for or it's like special favors only because you don't want that kind of business. No, no, no. We do a lot of, of uh, uh, a lot of local guys too. That you know, your good old big block Chevelle needs a water pump, needs a oh you guys will do that. Tuning. Oh heck yes, of course. Okay, so you, you do a lot you, of it. You'll do some bread and butter stuff. I have, I have such a widespread of talent here. Uh, Kelly is such an amazing. Uh, talented fabricator and engineer and uh, amazing painter. And Pete is a wiring electrical guru and fantastic at working out engineering problems. Like the, the hidden torsion bar suspension in the, in the fair lane is his design um, on Bob's 57 wagon that you saw on the show. The, the speaker grill that actually hinges up and the iPad yeah. comes up from the bottom. Pete created all of that from nothing except for the little electric ram that, is the slider that moves the arm to spin the iPad up. Uh, and then Troy is just an amazing, I can sick him on anything, go find out why this isn't running well. Find out why this is overheating. Find out why this is in heel, find it and fix it and make it right. So I am very fortunate that I'm surrounded by three very talented people who are very talented in different facets. So it makes makes me uh, very flexible for problem solving or engineering or just creating something really freaking cool. You know? <laughs> so if a guy brought you, if a guy said, Hey, I've got a car, it's painted. It's mostly it's, it's, it's built already. I need suspension on the car. I want to sure. switch everything to Detroit speed. Yeah. Easy. You do that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. So you're just not like Mr. Full build. No, no. 10 years. No, out no. We help. A... We help everybody. Okay. So if yeah. a guy had a Riviera. Yeah. And he sent yeah, it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, <laughs> don't worry, we can don't worry guys. You get an update in the Riviera. <laughs> oh, a lot of people have seen my Riviera. It sits on the rack behind me. It's my largest, heaviest prize. Mm. And so sometimes I just come out to the garage and wish it well. Now, let me ask you this. Is there any car you've ever worked on that you said, never again will I work on a car, this type of car? Sob. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting a sob, but we got it. So yeah, I'm not working on a sob. Yeah. So keep your damn turbo piece of, <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> no, that's uh got horror stories with sobs. That that's classic. Now have, have, sob owners send your hate mail now. <laughs> so now <laughs> when when you're when you're uh, building these cars. And you come across something, you've got an idea and a concept. And it's like, hey, we're going down this road and I'm doing this. Have you ever gone through a process, got 90% through and said, I hate it. Bad idea. No. We're, we're doing this over. Um, there has been one or two times where we were heading down a certain road of design and fabrication. And we started down it and we thought better of it and changed up. And it made all the better in the world for the car. So I have no problem going, hey, you know what? My my idea A that I thought was amazing, mm, it's not translating here one-to-one scale in the real world. We need to pull back and we got to come up with a different plan. And, and luckily for me, you know, again, with the aforementioned talent I got here, you know, get enough get enough minds on it and you come up with a different version. It's like, wow, we should have thought of that in the first place. That's a much better idea. And I'm assuming your crew is super PC and laid back. Like you were really concerned about your feelings to tell you if something sucks. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, you, they, so these guys, they'll help. Like if something's looking stupid and you come in here on fire with an idea, they're like, no, 
Yeah, well, I, I can tell you. Remember this. the gremlin we built last my, summer? My, my, one, of my, one of the guys that works for me, Kelly, which is also one of my best friends, he has told me many times, I don't, I don't know, dude, I don't know. And then at the end of the build, he's like, oh, I don't know how you do it. But it just looks so great. And I, I was really questioning you there on that. And so he's, he's, come to the, he's come to the conclusion that I've proven myself yeah. many times that he usually holds back and just sees how it turns out. Now, uh, actually, before that, uh, for one, if he if he if he thinks something just ain't right, oh yeah, he'll he'll go ahead. That looks dumb. Or, or did you consider after we do this and this how that's going? Right. So yeah, oh yeah, instant instant voice of of uh, opinion or approval or disapproval. Sure, um, we've all been here together a pretty long time, so I have no problem with that. Anyway, you know, the minute you start thinking you know everything, that's when you nothing right you know nothing so, at all i mean there's nothing wrong with having confidence in yourself if you've proven to yourself over and over that you're you're, you're okay with making decisions about a b or c because they, they seem to work well then good have have some self-confidence and, and feel good about your decision but always listen in for input because um, somebody may take your idea that's a 10 and make it an 11 you know so yeah you, you stay open-minded and you uh listen to the ideas and if you're no in my heart i i no you're just not seeing in your mind's eye what i see trust me just follow through with it Mm -hmm. and stick to your guns of course but always listen to the other opportunity so um anyway yeah i've got good guys around me who will always chime in their opinion and i will listen to their opinion of course now a couple questions i've got for you because uh i also wanted to we're going to tie this back into Volkswagens at the end of the podcast. Everybody, hang on. Oh, hang on. poor guys. <laughs> Hold on. I've been Hold thinking on. this whole time. Like, these guys have zoned down. No way, a, man. The hard, listen, the hardcore car guys are still listening because the car questions. Guys are car guys. Amen. The, 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 the question I'm asking you, the questions I'm asking you are universal. But, That's true. But they also, are universal. Yeah. And so also, I know that you personally, and, and lately I've been seeing, well, not lately I've been seeing, it's just there. I'm into skateboards. You're into BMX stuff. Well, I got a Tony Elva board down there too with my BMX stuff. You, with my original ACS 900 trucks. Did he say he give it to me? That and, I, and I have my original <laughs> OJ Super Juice wheels on it too. Do you really? Yeah. So I used to ride that too. So now let me ask this question. Is one of your, because, like, because of your success, let's just say, yeah. you're moving to California where things don't rust into the earth and go back to uh, where yeah, they came from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Unless we, you're by the beach, then they rust even faster. Right. They rust from the outside in. Oh, my God. And so you, you're you a big BMX collector. I am a big BMX head. Yes, I am. And when I saw the BMX up there, I thought, man, you know, because I thought I was a BMX collector, and then I hopped on a 20-inch bike, and I thought, geez, Louise, did I get twice the size I was I when still I ride 20, last so. rode and a bike. Yeah, I ride a 29. It's a little more comfortable. <laughs> Probably but, 24, you should be fine. But uh, in your bikes, so how many bikes do you have and what's your collection consist of? It's guilty pleasure time. How much, you deserve it. How much time you I got? I want you to think about the hours you spent in that underground garage so that you could buy <laughs> stupid <laughs> BMX bikes when you go I over. want you to think about what you've done. <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, my gosh, I've got SC Racing quad angles, 
PK Rippers. Red. All originals. Yeah, restored. Restored. Yeah. So 90% of the stuff is 1976 through 1984 or 85. I do have some early 90s bikes. I have a, uh, a uh, Park Pre uh, who was the gentleman who did all the design work for Diamondback and then left and made Park Pre right next to her in Moore Park. Really? And right here in Simi Valley is where Moto Mags and Mongoose came from. Really? Yeah, this is the birthplace right here. Wow. So, um, of course, I have Mongoose, Super Goose, Torkers, Redline. Uh, I'm brain fading. But now, but, Shoguns. But uh, you grew up super wealthy lights. in a mansion. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, here's my question. Um, let's see. I've got MCSs. I've got bunch of different of the same brand i have multiple different bikes to at different levels i have a works prepared cw racing mini i've got a uh man i've got uh, melvin star from australia i have one of the original cyc aim stormers that gary turner i.e gt welded in his garage for cyc back in 76 and that's been confirmed by gary turner himself by the way and he had no idea. He's like, where did you find that? And got really? Out of an estate sale in Australia. Um, I've got, oh, Jesus, just on and on and on. I've got bikes built. I've got a rack of bikes waiting, frame and forks with, with tub crates with all the parts that are going to be restored to go on that bike. And you're restoring um, yourself. Yeah. Hey, we're sending out well, stuff for Rogan's car to get anodized. Oh, I got some bullseye hubs need to go out with. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly also, he's just as sick as I am. And Troy actually has some bikes. When we're done here, I'll take you down yeah. to the room where, that, the, where the bikes are. And then the other room that's too rare. where all the bikes are on racks, all the frames and forks and all that stuff. So we have a, we have a large supply. Now, how old are you? You're, I'm 52. 52. Was your dad riding a 20-inch BMX when no. he was 52? No. And I think our generation. I, I spend time up at, you and I are about to go down a very interesting road. <laughs> Uh, which uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to go down the road. I think you are. I ride, I go up to Ventura. When I lost my eye a couple of years ago, I gave myself my own personal therapy and I ride up and down the strand by the pier in Ventura and just pop in some music and uh, listen to good stuff like Priest or or Halen, uh, you know, uh, bless Eddie Van Halen's family. Yeah. I'm actually uh, know some people in that camp and already made some phone calls and uh, how tragic that we lost such an amazing talent. Anyway, um, so I would ride my bikes. And, of course, I met some other losers <laughs> my age that ride. And the, the one guy just. The over 50 club of BMX. Oh, yeah. But they the, this one guy used to do. Oh, I turned my phone off. He did flatland competition. And he still can probably do. I'll be honest. Probably at least 65% of all his tricks really? he did in the day. Oh, he'll still blow your mind especially kids they're like oh. and they're riding 20s yeah they're riding 20s Jeez. they they they're riding he's riding the 20 he used in competition and he still has two of his hutch trick stars too um so anyway and he just he just texted me and he goes oh dude i just rode from blah 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 to blah 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 56 miles on a bmx bike yeah i used to do the same thing too so i meet him on the weekends and dude's cool he's got an old uh, like a small mini uh box van from u-haul right and in the back you open it up and there's like there's a freaking couch and a freaking dresser and a freaking hot plate and racks for the bikes and skateboards just pull right up to surfer's point at uh at ventura and just open the back up start jamming the music dude and catching the babes you know what i'm saying nice, nice. so that's what we do on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> so it's 13 forever 
and, and I think you were about to go down this road as I railroad you on your no, own no, go on, ahead. on your own podcast that I am constantly amazed at how our generation, I would say our 50 year old guys, the guys that grew up in the eighties are still, at least the guys I hang out with right. are still dudes. Right. Riding we bikes. Do, we do not act like when I was younger, what the 50 year olds act like back then. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm still building hot rods. I'm still, you know, pulling wheelies and riding them down the street. And You're trying to figure out how to put a Slurpee holder on your handlebars, oh, how to yeah, custom yeah, fab yeah, it. Yeah. You just bang that shit down. <laughs> then you go get Brain some freeze. tacos, man. What's wrong with you? So, um, I, and, and I think there's there's been statements in serious movies and sitcoms and everything since the dawn of time about think young, stay young. Yeah. But and and I and I agree with that fully. But I also I also stick the sword in the. Why would you think old? Right. Well, I mean, well, I'm I'm 50 years old now. I should wait a minute. Pause act right like there. This. You yeah. should what? Yeah. Not act like you. Because what do you want to do? I want to ride my bike today. Well, then go ride your bike today, you dumb shit. <laughs> well, you know, I got family and house and neighbors. and Well, I'm sorry that you're willing to, like, give your life up. Right. You know, because I'm not. No, and it's and, 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 I, and I think the, the crazy part is we get, I've got more skateboards now in my shop at my house than I had when I was skateboarding. And we were so broke growing up, I had to trade. I had yeah, to trade yeah, my Jeff sure. Grosso for the Hasoy and, sure. you know, do all this horse trading. And uh, now you get to a point where. Well, are you riding all these? That's the key. Uh, I, I I ride. You have to ride them. I ride my own pro model. <laughs> you do? <laughs> no. I, I I made I made I ordered some boards with uh with my my cars on them, and I just ride like I ride that. But yeah, but you ride. I yeah I you still enjoy. I can ride. Yeah, I do a little bit more, a little more BMX than uh, than. You should come ride with us in Ventura, bro. Uh, listen, next time I make a 300 mile drive up. Oh my yeah, bike. you're in Vegas. I, <laughs> for, mean, I hey, totally next, forgot. Okay, listen, next time you're in Tafrasima show, bring your bike and let's take our bikes down I'm the down, strip. I'm down on that. I'm telling you, I get will, the rest of these I, car I, builders. I, 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 I do not threaten me because I will be there with a motherfucking bike. <laughs> I'm telling you, bring, bring it. I don't live far from the strip, man. We'll take a ride. Yeah, I don't and, need uh, the damn strip. We can just ride anywhere. Do you even give me a good trail? We go freaking bonsai and get some goddamn tacos, dude. That's, that's the way to be. Well, it's, it's, it's for sure. It's a, it's, it's a thing that I think that's different about our generation, like holding on, like they say, they call it a midlife crisis, but I don't think it's a midlife crisis. I can't crisis. tell you how much I hate that goddamn term. You know what? Am I swearing a lot? I think I am. But <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, how, you know what that term's for? It's for old people. Yeah. No. Yeah. No joking. Yeah. That is for old people who are trying to fake and to bring back something they thought of. Because people are like, you know, what, what's the what's the stereotypical one? The fifty or sixty year old guy that has a haircut change, and he but yeah. oh, oh, did you even know it right off the bat? <laughs> the Corvette. It's a Corvette. It's like. How many guys, when they were 18, 19, 20, 21, because you're supposedly reliving your glory days, how many of them had a Corvette and went cruised? None of None them. them. Did some of them want it? Oh, probably. Ever have it? No. How many of us, our new 50-year-olds, rode BMX bikes and really enjoyed it? It was a really important part of their, their childhood. Right. I lived for my bike. By the way, I still own all my BMXA, BMX Plus magazines. I have them all. Get out of here. Yeah, have them all. So, you know, it was an important part of my life. And so when someone's like, that's midlife crisis, I'm like, are you kidding me? I never changed. 
I, I didn't go buy a BMX bike because I never had one. And now I'm going to live the BMX life. Right. I, I have one because I owned them and I loved how it made me feel. And, and again, pay attention with you with the earbuds on. Listen very carefully to me. When I lost my eye, what made me feel good? Riding my bike. What does that mean? I heard that click of that free will. You know what that is? You know what Pavlo's dog is? If not, read a fucking book. Find out what that means. But it, it gives me a, a reaction, a remembrance. I can close my eyes and I can be down at Circle Drive Trails again. You know, I hear that click, click, click of that free wheel. You know, I'm saying it, yeah. it, it is a real memory. It is. Not a, I went and bought, well, again, we'll beat on the Corvette scenario. Yeah. I, I'm creating a scenario that didn't even exist when I was 18 or 19. That's a midlife crisis. Yeah. Me building a hot rod for myself, uh, that's what I do all freaking day long. That's not a midlife crisis. Right. Me riding my bicycles that I've never stopped doing, that's not a midlife crisis. Me growing my hair, everybody from back home knew I had hair down halfway down my back when I was on stage. Like, <laughs> well, you're you're older now. You should be respectable. Oh, suck me. I, I want long hair. I'll have long hair. I like it again. It feels great. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, it's your COVID haircut. I'm like, yeah, Look, no. at, when I came in there, I thought it was Sean Cassidy. I'm That's like, right. hey, man, who's I this am. cat? I am. I'm going to go, because we're groovy. You know. yeah. So, I... I, I that that drives me bananas, and all you dudes that are doing what you want to do and enjoying your life and bringing back stuff that made you feel good, you're not having a midlife crisis. You are being true to yourself and doing something that that you enjoy. And by the way, it doesn't have to be riding bikes. If you enjoyed reading murder mystery comic books, right. read murder mystery comic books. Yeah. Have at it. Life's too short to deny yourself the things yeah, you want. Life's too you know? short to do it the way you think everybody else wants you to do it. Because what do they know about you? anything about you yeah. in fact they should be bothering with them <laughs> they should be leaving you to you you know it's like kentucky fried chicken they do that really really well it's up for discussion but they yeah. really they do it really really that's their stick you know absolutely so let them do it you know now anyway boy did so, we go off well I, I, that's okay wow. but that's but that's okay but the, the point of this is you know i i'm I'm sitting here talking with you and thinking we haven't talked anything about Volkswagens. But we're, so we're, we're, we're going to talk about Volkswagens right now. Volkswagens now are approaching the point where a lot of people are building six figure plus Volkswagens. Sure. Which means if someone brought you a Volkswagen, oh, would you love to build a Volkswagen? Bring it here now. How much input does the customer get? Depends if the customer has taste. Well, that's a joke and serious. No. I have a certain level. Again, I have turned people away that have big pocketbooks because what they want me to build, I feel, does not represent my company well. Mm -hmm. Look how PC I did that. Oh, huh? You did pretty good. So I will need to at least fully agree on if it's your idea, your idea. And if I go, hmm, we build that, that sounds really tasteful. I don't even need to put input in. Glad to put my name on it. Now, someone walks in here and has a Stanford drawing, hint, hint. Yeah. And says, I'd like to build this, hint, hint. So, like, they I can, will be like, now, now. They can, <laughs> they can go tear out a page from a 1987 Hot VWs where he did some some of his illustrations, cream. bring it in, and be like, build me that. And I'll go, let's talk to Steve and he'll update that for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I mean, I would love it. Like I said, I've already, I've already started looking at into, I've already teased myself online looking at used, coming used. All right. 
I want another one. I have so many great memories, unlike with a Corvette, which, by the way, I love Corvettes. I got no problem with that. We're picking on the people, not the right. car. Um, but I have fantastic cut my teeth on performance driving was done solely with my Carmen Ghia. Yeah. So I, I, I can tell you I could pull the file up if I could digitally exchange audio file from my head to yours. I can give you the sound of those slicks on wet pavement sprinkling rocks up into the wheel tub and around the, 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 the floor pan and the sound that my particular exhaust made, Mom, especially when I missed the Mom, shift. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and um, the way that felt, the way it transmitted, the steering feeling through the steering wheel, because it was very, very natural feeling, because they're you know they're manual steering, and I can I can give you the feeling of looking out through my helmet, <laughs> rolling around the mall at Mach three, yeah, you know, and just wringing that thing's neck out. You know, it's so fun. So for me to build another one, uh, I have every motivation in the world to want to feel that feeling again. And so you're excited. Climbing. Oh, I am. You'd love for someone to, to bring climb you in that. Oh, and, and and anything. I love. You know, I'm cool with bugs, square backs, and all that. All that stuff is cool with me. I got I got no problem at all with the. Well, clearly, I don't have a problem with the Volkswagen community. Yeah. Um, and look forward to. Having another one for myself, I have that design. I have a design for myself for it, but I also have a design for a 914. Yeah. And it'll be the coolest looking 914 that ever happened because I most people try too hard to go the 911 way, like flare it. Right. And 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 big rims and this and that, and those slab-sided sons of bitches don't lend themselves to that. The design I have goes backwards. It makes it closer to like a 550 Spider, and it more accentuating. And I'm lobbing the roof off of it, and I'm leaning the windshield back <laughs> about five degrees, and I'm taking about two inches off the top. I'll show you the artwork when we're done. Yeah, and you'll go, holy shit! Nice. No one's ever seen it. I, I want to. I just want to pull into a Porsche event with this thing, <laughs> and like, have and have people's jaws on the floor and go, what What is that? And we're gonna go 914. They're gonna go. Bleh. It's 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 almost it's almost a badge of honor to get the purist to kind of be like, why would you do that? I love Angus. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Walker, right? No. Yeah, Magnus. Walker. Magnus. Oh yeah. my God, that that dude. I love that he shook up that community, and on top of it, he made it cool to do what they call outlaw. Right. You know, and I've been waiting for that. Yeah. Because uh, they look so good. Porsches look so good, mean and nasty, and ready to yeah. street fight. Oh, they look so good like that. They are. They're specifically designed for that kind of style. It's so terrific. And there's there's guys in Japan that are doing some just awesome flared some yeah, bitch cars that turbos yeah. just hanging out the ass. Oh, those things look so nasty. Yeah, ready just to beat the shit out of you. I I'm down with that. You know, uh, actually here in see me that that guy with the Red Barons from here. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's actually take you to where his shop is. Man, that thing's fast. Yeah, the drag Holy car. It's a monster. He drove that around street for a while. And, you know, people like street racing. And I'm like, oh, I, would, I would highly, highly rethink your, your, yeah. your race. You want a street them. race? Let me get out of the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I would highly recommend you don't race him. Because, yeah. I mean, well, for a while he had it around the street. 
or yeah. I've seen it on the street. It's probably before he put the big crazy, crazy motor in it. But I'm sure the street version of it was probably nuts. Oh, sure. And I know I saw him rolling around because I guarantee you it wasn't another car. Or maybe he was just out testing and it did have the big gnarly motor in it. It doesn't matter. I wouldn't race him. Yeah. Um, super, super cool stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I look forward to, hey, anybody want to bring me one? Uh, doors open. I'm, I'm so down for that. And depending on, I mean, it, is every car come out of here a six-figure build or is it depending on what they've no, already got depends, done? It depends what the customer asks me to do. And you have a you have a typical shop rate or is it? $100 an hour. I'm more I'm cheaper than if you go to the Honda dealership. They're right, like 140 they're an hour or something like that. So I'm I'm more than reasonable. Yeah. Within our given parameters. Oh heck. And plus your skill set. That's you what I mean. With our given yeah. parameters, what's going on here? I think we're more than fair. So yeah. but yeah, and I'm I'm look like I said, I've I've already toyed around with it. I've already got designs. I'm either doing a gear or I'm doing this nine fourteen. Well, that's rad. So, uh, but I'm leaning heavy. Both of them are painful because the Gia I have heartstrings towards. The 914 is because I just want to piss off the establishment. And it's the car <laughs> to do it with all, oh, you know, it's fun because nobody makes those things look good. Yeah. So, and I've got, in my humble opinion, I've got a, a design that's really cool and very, and no one's ever done it like this. So, you know, part of me is like, oh, I should just do that to do that. So right. we'll see, but if the uh, if the emotions win out, then it's then it's going to be a Gia for sure. Wow, uh, I tell you, man, I, I'm looking forward to anything you could do. That anything you would do that be in the VW community, I think it would just be. I would love I'll to keep see you posted. I'll I definitely would, keep you posted. <laughs> I, I would love to see your vision come to reality because everything else, every other card, like I said, you you've made cars that were ugly to me. Then I'm like, man, I'd freaking drive that. You know what I mean? Like a car that I would never give a second glance at. And because of the design, the style, the stance, the wheels, the way it's set up, the 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 the, the for the, the functionality of the vehicle, like it makes me think like, like I said, it was the Plymouth satellite. It was a satellite, right? That uh, it's a sport Yeah, sport. <laughs> sport. It's a sport satellite. Woo! <laughs> So, man, I, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you for giving me the time to annoy your poor listeners. No, I love it, man. And people poor want, guys. And people oh. want to get a hold of you. Uh, are you on Instagram or uh, social media? Yeah, on Instagram, there's Pure Vision Steve. It's really difficult. It's okay. Pure Vision Steve. That's pure with a P. Yeah, pure. Not pure. <laughs> pure. I know. One zip, Pure Vision. Um, and uh, on the web, the website for our shop is Pure Vision Design dot com and uh if anybody's bothering with an actual pin i'll write this down our shop number is 805 522 but one way or another you you can get a hold of us um but i uh thank you for the opportunity yeah. to to talk to your listeners and to uh, <laughs> shower them with obnoxiousness and I, I appreciate the opportunity for sure and make sure you guys go download hand built hot rods if you haven't seen it it's absolutely worthwhile watching it's a real it's real car building yeah it, it is real that that is for sure and i and again i thank you for the compliment because that was the goal no cars I, are finished in one episode <laughs> Well, they forced that. Well, but you know but what I mean. Took, like, it took them eight or nine months of following along for them to be yeah. put on one episode. Yes. Right. Well, what I mean, like they're oh they're, no, there's this no isn't the, overhauling. No, yeah. there's no, and no disrespect to Chip. 
None. No, I actually wanted to make a YouTube series that I'm thinking about coming up with called Broverhauling, where you mail okay. order all the parts, you call all, all your, your bros friends. over, and let's see how we Yeah, that's not going to go over. <laughs> Smells like a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a lot of drunk people. <laughs> Broverhauling. It's going to be a lot of just parts. The name's good. Yeah. The, yeah. All, band, all good things start with a good name. Bands, cars, For whatever. Sure. Start with a good name. Yeah, yeah. All right, then. I think there's going to be a lot of drunk people, a, lot of, <laughs> a couple of arrests. A couple of arguments. Some yeah, spots. some different things. Yeah. yeah. But nevertheless. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you. You're very, very welcome. Thanks. Later. Later. Steve Strope, Pure Vision Designs. Go check out his website. And hopefully one of these days I'll drag a Gia over to his place and we'll get that dude to build one of the wildest Volkswagens built. Uh, shout outs for this week, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Darren O'Brien hitting us up. Two cats named Darren O'Brien, both from Ireland. Shout out to my guys in Ireland. As a matter of fact, the UK has surpassed Canada for downloads. So I'm big in UK. We're growing, man, worldwide. Uh, Let's Talk Dubs is growing worldwide. Also, shout out to Dave Gruntvig. Uh, he's out of Chicago listener. We've met a few times at the crown plaza and, uh, he says, I'm making him a type four believer, man. And he's also hooking up the podcast with some gear. So, uh, audio engineer, uh, I appreciate the listeners, man. I can't tell you guys enough how much I appreciate all you guys. If you guys want to shout out, make sure you send us an email, uh, bill at let's talk or pick up some merch. You get a shot on the podcast. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, man. I've got more to come. And until next week, later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon.